0: Today, the focus really is on food and exactly how COVID 19 is influencing not just purchasing of uh, food but also consumption of food. So, we're going to dive, uh, start, start a bit more broad, and then really dive into the food category. Um, I'll uh, start by introducing myself. Uh, my name is Vidusha. Um, some of you may have uh, met me uh, or come across me in, in um, some earlier webinars, but uh, my role is uh, sort of head of um, the, the research and strategy team, and um, I, I've been involved in the Human Impact Tracker since the start, working closely with the team to uh, design um, and sort of deliver it. Um, sort of co-presenting with me today is Brian, um, who's uh, one of our global strategy directors. Uh, he works very closely with our food and beverage clients. Um, I'll let Brian in to say hello. Hello, everybody. Great. So I'm going to start on our sort of landing page, which is the this world map you see. I'm sure some of you have come across it before as well. Um, this is essentially showing the, the mood or the emotional state um, in the different markets, in our core 10 markets we're covering. Um, and it really helps us understand, uh, A, where, where, the, where the, the country is in its stage. So not just in terms of where it is in the COVID sort of pandemic stage, but also in terms of where it is emotionally um, in, and from a human perspective. So the, um, what you see here is the top mood breakdown. Uh, that's globally. So you can see that you know, the mood impact is largely anxiety. But what you can also see in the different countries the different colour coding represents the top sort of mood um, of that's been uh, so the top mood influence I should say uh, in each of the countries so how how the virus is of impacting mood so we can see in the US that there's high levels of anxiety and stress similar to UK as well um, we know there that you know the lockdowns here continue and the, and the cases are still on on the rise. Um, we then look at somewhere like India and we actually see slightly it's still a negative mood but it's a bit different. Here we see that people are scared and paranoid. Interestingly um, when we've dived into the data we see that there is a higher sort of concern around germs in India uh, which also leads them to sort of showering and bathing more. So it's not just now around, you know, hand washing. Um they're actually, you know, it is actually influ- influencing other behaviours. Um, so this mood is really quite important. Even the differences in the negativity in the mood is really important. Um, in fact, Germany is a, is a, is a one there where we're still seeing an overall positive view, despite the situation actually getting worse. So um, I think here we see a reflection on how the market is sort of handling it uh, and how the, the communication has been in the market, both from like healthcare side, but also from the, the, com- uh, the country's government. And then we have China, um, you know, China is, is a country where we're sort of taking a lot of learnings from um, and looking to in terms of understanding how, what, we, what we can expect um, China sort of gone through the, the worst of it so far, and therefore it's coming out again as a bit more positive. Um, the outlook there is a bit more positive as people are sort of seeing the light now. Great. So interesting we should look at, actually, is we've looked at the emotions now. Let's look at the fear. So, you know, we've asked people how afraid they are uh, on a scale um, about the coronavirus and what we see is that um, if we look at it week on week um, we're actually seeing increasing levels of uh, fear in we talked about Germany uh, where we have seen um, the virus es- escalate um, also in India um, and also in sort of UK and US we're seeing sort of quite a big jump in fear levels. Um, While in markets that are a bit more stabilized, like China and South Korea, we are starting to see fear levels dropping. The reason we're sort of mentioning this is that we are seeing a direct link um, between fear and how it impacts on their behaviors, particularly um, in terms of their food and consumption behaviors. And Brian, do you want to sort of talk us through that in a bit more detail now?
1: Yeah, I think if, one of the most interesting things that we've been um, tracking as we've gone through this is the correlation between how individuals are feeling, how markets are feeling and, and therefore what they're purchasing. Um, and it's a real opportunity to understand why people are behaving in the way they do. Um, and also, as Vidisha mentioned, um, looking to to markets like China um, to understand where a market that's further ahead in the pandemic and is feeling more positive, what are the, some of the behaviours and some of the categories that are purchasing that are gonna stick? So we're gonna take a look um, from the fear index and move to the what we call the category purchase index. Um, And this again is similar to how the fear index is calculated. It shows the percentage increase in purchase um, minus the percentage decrease in purchase. And it's important to say at this point that we're not capturing actual volume here, Um, rather what we're capturing is is the change in consumer demand relative to other categories. So really quickly, if you you look to the left of of, of the chart, you can see that globally, which is um, the yellow bars, Um, people are purchasing more personal hygiene and cleaning products um, followed then by long-lasting groceries and and, and fresh groceries Um, and if we look all the way to the right then at the categories that people are buying less of we see clothing beauty and electronics which are all a lot more discretionary purchases and are a lot more sensitive um, to the economic impact of, of the pandemic that we're seeing where people are losing their jobs, have been furloughed, uh, for instance, in the UK. So people are spending what they what they have on food, food and personal hygiene cleaning and then uh, leaving to discretionary spend at the moment. Um, we also have here different countries. So in red, you'll see China and in blue you'll see the UK, so it's it's really interesting to see how the level of fear and as, as Vidisha mentioned, the, the UK is feeling on quite an anxious stress moment, uh, so people are kind of stocking up mostly on on food items um, so in the UK, we see an over-index, especially in long-lasting groceries, um, uh, and that's something we've all seen over the past few weeks on supermarket shelves as people increasing um, how often they purchase things like tin soup and vegetable, and, and shelves then been empty of that. When we look to China, which is in a more positive mood, we see the first indications of some of the behaviours um, that we might see in the UK in a few weeks' time. So um, categories in China that are over-indexing versus the rest of the world are per- personal hygiene um so as fidish kind of mentioned yesterday uh, people are cleaning more they're paying more attention and um, to washing themselves and, and, and maintaining cleanliness and then we're also seeing cleaning and home care products being really really important as, as people are much more aware of germs and the potential implications of those germs on, on their health um, the other thing we see in China that's again interesting for the UK is as the lockdown um, eases people begin to buy more fresh groceries um, rather than focusing on on long-lasting dry goods as well so some really interesting indications and what we want to do from there is, is, is kind of dive further into the, the food purchase index and understand what that means for our categories. Um, so again, what we're, what we're seeing here is uh, two bars. The first is um, since we've been charting data, um, so this data commences about mid-January, I believe. And then the, the latest week, which is or two weeks ago, 22nd to 28th of March. And what we see is a, is an increase really in, in fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, um, and seeing fresh fruit making a comeback. This is primarily driven driven by China as week and week they come out of the lockdown. And, and we know that Wuhan ended its lockdown yesterday as well. However, what we do see is, is rice, pasta, noodles lots of dry goods in there and when we aggregate those dry goods into a single category that's where we get our long-lasting groceries um so it may seem surprising versus the previous graph but when we aggregate those different categories together we see that um that the long lasting groceries is, is higher than for fresh and looking at the week on week we can see what categories are are increasing and obviously as the pandemic spreads across the world and is hitting the US, we're seeing a a significant increase week and week across all food items, uh, as people across the world continue to stockpile or begin to stockpile in in the likes of the US. Um, So this is something we expect to see to continue for a while, but as mentioned previously, as, as people begin to transition out of the isolation and social distancing phase, we'll see different categories begin to increase. And even within food, different categories increase as well. So if that's the what is going on in the categories, it's, it's, it's really important to understand the why behind it. Uh, and so I'm going to hand over to Vidisha to, to look at some of those some of those reasons.
0: Great. Thanks, Brian. It's really interesting to see that, you know, we, we've seen a lot of um, stockpiling in, in pride, but that fresh is also making a comeback. Um, let's sort of dive into a bit more in the food space, understanding you know, what people are thinking and, and how they are viewing their habits to change. Uh, I'm going to take UK as an example um, right now uh, and sort of again comparing to the last sort of uh, couple of weeks. Um, What we're seeing is from sort of since we started collecting the data versus more recently, is that the percentage of people who are claiming that their their eating habits are changing is increasing. So around one in two are now sort of saying that the um, pandemic is actually changing their eating habits. Quite obviously, you know, we see that the lockdown is is sort of stopping people from going to restaurants and eating out, but what we're actually also seeing is that um, people are, are saying that they're trying, starting to eat more healthily. In fact, they're cooking more at home. Um, they are also doing, and this is a quite an interesting one, and it's quite big in the UK, It's portion control and rationing, more fruits and vegetables. These, these are sort of the key areas that people are sort of claiming um that they're sort of changing in their behaviours. And we also saw some of this, particularly around fruit and veg, reflected in in um, the data that uh, Brian took us through as well. Um, we actually, if you sort of look at some of the quotes as well around eating habits, we see that people are saying that they're making switches towards um actually you know towards sort of healthier foods as well. Um, you know, this person's saying they're having more uh, less takeaway um Whereas this person is saying that they're too stressed to eat but they're eating soup, family's eating more couscous, uh, veggie, because they can't even get rice or pasta. And they're also moving more towards fresh vegetables so they can have like healthier diets even after the isolation or sort of um, self-isolation um, and lockdown stage is over. So that could actually be something we may see people shifting towards. Um, as, as sort of the lockdown eases and, and the pandemic starts to pass, sort of, this is I've mentioned this is sort of based on claim behaviour, but what we actually also collect is in the moment behaviour. Um, so this is not, this is behaviour uh, and data that people are actually sort of capturing in the moment um, and while they're eating and drinking. Um, So, again, let's focus on the UK, where we saw this sort of shift uh, towards people saying they are eating more healthily. But what we're seeing now is what they're actually eating. If you can see this list, what you're seeing is sort of more snack-based items. um, And we're also seeing more comfort foods coming through. Um, So the cereal, sort of chocolate sweets, uh, just chocolate-based snacks, sandwiches and bagels, other sort of carbs, um, biscuits, candy. So we are seeing more of a comfort food uh, and sort of snack-based food. What we also ask people is the reason they chose this food right now. And interestingly, despite the fact that people are spending more time at home and a lot of people do even have more time on their hands, um, we still see speed and ease as the key drivers of um, choice. Healthy is actually further down um but and and when we think about all of the data we have collected you know even historically pre covid normally speed and ease are are factors around convenience that are actually tend to be linked to more negative moods it's not always based on time that people are looking for speed and ease it's not about always being busy or not having enough time on their hands or you know coming back late from work often we see convenience linked with um this need for something quick and requiring less effort Um, and so therefore we and when we look at sort of people also talking about behavior change in the moment uh, this is a similar question but we're asking them here in the moment are you doing anything differently right now or today uh, based on what you might have done pre uh, prior to the pandemic and you know again, we see actually portion control and rationing coming up. People are worried about food running out um they can't even get you know people can't get online delivery slots for their shopping um and you can see this reflected perfectly in this quote here you know this this person in the u k saying they can't get groceries because all their slots are booked up, so they're being very careful with the amounts of food they're they're consuming. But what we also see is people talking about less variety and what, what is available. We even see people still talking about more junk food over eating stuff that's more healthy. So there is a real tension like we see coming through here that for consumers where, you know, they're trying to or aspiring to sort of be more healthy, eat more healthily because they want to boost their immunity. But actually in reality, we see that their emotional state and actually, uh, and not just their emotional states, but sort of concerns around what's going on in, in around them leads to sort of less healthy decisions. Brian, do you do you sort of want to build on that a bit more?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting because um, there's a lot of doom and gloom uh, at the moment, particularly in the media, what people are consuming, uh, and you know, there's been a lot of cancellation of events and holidays and things that people normally like to do, and so. Whilst people might say that they're, they're going to be eating healthily forever or doing that at home, what we're actually seeing in our in the moment data is, is people's way of dealing with these negative emotions is the same it's always been, and, and they take comfort and solace and food. So if, if we scroll down, Vadisha, to the, the mood section. And um, One of the things we're seeing is that, you know, boredom, sadness, and particularly even in the UK, uh, people are feeling more tired and exhausted, especially as the weeks progress um, and they become a little bit tired, maybe, of working from home or having their normal routines, uh, being completely impacted. And, it's these emotions that are actually driving the, the ease and convenience that, that Vidisha um, mentioned. So the restrictions on our movement, the fact that we're in lockdown, the fact that we can't necessarily go where we want to go or eat what we want to eat, um, means that people are making kind of easier, faster choices that a lot of the time tend to be a little bit unhealthy and are are kind of designed in a way to cheer them up. So turning to confectionery, turning to simple snacks that, that are easy to grab and eat. Um, And so what we've seen in the last two weeks, actually, is that the amount of people eating more junk food has doubled. So whilst people have gone into this with, you know, maybe the best of intentions um, and especially around healthy eating, what we're seeing in in, in our in the moment consumption is actually quite a bit different. Now, we do know that part of this problem is potentially the availability um, of healthier food. And that when people went and did their initial stock-up shops, what was actually left for them was, was somewhat healthier snacks. Um, so it's something that we're really interested to monitor, particularly as, as the situation continues in the UK with regards lockdown. So are we going to find as the as the supermarkets become a little bit more well stocked, are we going to see people revert to kind of a a healthy default? Or are we going to see this continued behaviour where where people are actually comfort eating in a way because of its its ease and convenience and and how they're feeling? And I think it's it's really important, especially for for many of you in the line, like what what can your company do about this or what can your brand do? It's it can be quite easily um to feel quite powerless. Um and and it holds true that that we, you you should be doing something about it. So we've been asking our consumers, and Vinicius, if if you'd like to scroll up for me, please. Um, We've been asking consumers, what would they like to hear from food brands during the coronavirus outbreak? And I I should caveat this section with that. Brands and, and companies need to tread very carefully um, when it comes to communications, you know, um, there's no doubt it's very important at this time to keep your brand front of mind. But when we're dealing directly with referencing COVID-19 and the coronavirus with consumers, you know, almost 30% of people, I think it's it's 26 for if you want to hover over the the first um the first selection is that people don't necessarily think this messaging is relevant. Um, but actually, in reality, majority of people do want to know something about what your brand is doing or what your brand is that's particularly relevant to the moment. Um, so if, if you are to communicate around Coronavirus and COVID-19, consumers want to be reassured and informed, and you should be leveraging specific insights with the, the right tone that are relevant to, to food in question. So what's really important, uh, as you'll see, is, is consumers are worried about food hygiene and safety. Uh, and when we look to some of the, the ver- verbatims, uh, people are looking to know where, um, what ingredients, where it's been made, um, and what are the where where has it been so the, the comment section on the right um kind of people are actually thinking about the the food supply chain um and how is their food being touched how has it been packaged what are the what are the regulations around cleanliness in factories things that people took for granted before the coronavirus have suddenly moved up Um, in terms of what people want to hear about. What's potentially a little more interesting though is that consumers are very interested in, in it's the third most selected. They're interested in ingredients and products that are going to boost their health and immunity. And this is something that we feel is really interesting for brands at the moment. So uh, people are looking to be healthier. So even if we're we're not seeing that necessarily come across and what they're eating at the moment, consumers do want to know about health the healthier parts of your portfolio how it can help and um, help them live slightly healthier lives so all these things are are really really important for consumers but again um it we need to tread carefully when we think about brands in this space um, and there's implications across the board um for your distribution for innov- innovation pipelines for promotions going forward and, and, and what consumers will be looking for so kind of to, to think about what this broadly means for, for everyone um, I think it's we well, we think it's wrong to say that everything is going to change beyond recognition we, we don't think we're going to come out of the coronavirus with a completely different set of habits and behaviors but certainly the emphasis uh, from consumers will change and trends that have been nascent um, could well accelerate coming out of it so online shopping is one that we're seeing um, more healthy foods products that help with immunity and health um, will all come out of it with kind of vastly increased awareness from consumers so what does that mean it means that potentially you need to be looking at your your innovation pipelines does it mean looking at capex longer term at factories for lines that are producing certain types of products Do we need to adapt innovation pipelines so that vitamins, supplements, products that boost the immune system should all be given priority ahead of maybe war if they were in the five-year pipeline? Maybe they should come down to a two or three-year pipeline or even sooner if possible. Um, and then finally, I think it, it's worth saying, there's been a number of missteps by brands around messaging around coronavirus. And it's, it's very easy for consumers to, to think that you're actually taking advantage of the situation. Um, so all your communications should be as genuine as possible and authentic, um, and in line with what the brand believes rather than trying to make the brand stand for something else at this point in time. I think we might might pause there. We've had a, a few questions come in, Vidisha, that, that we yeah. might take now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm just going to. We've got two. So one um, is uh, uh, how um, how does sort of food delivery, how are food delivery services, sorry, mentioned in this context? Um, I guess in terms of delivery, what we actually see is um, a, a uh, we did see a decline in uh, delivery um, services uh, when we're talking about sort of takeaway food uh, from restaurants or other delivery providers. Uh, we actually see it as part of in our uh, activity index, um, and this is largely due to the hygiene side. And it's not just due to availability. We know that, you know, at the start there was a bit of a surge in our takeaways, but now there is concern around hygiene, um, and from throughout, not just hygiene in the sort of preparation space, but in the entire production. Uh, from, from the entire production process, so we did actually see food delivery services taking a little bit of a hit in some of these markets where people want to have a bit more control around the hygiene standards, and therefore they can control food that's cooked in their own kitchens versus outside. Um, from a sort of grocery perspective, actually, I think we would need—we do actually have a um, category for online delivery for food uh, for food and beverage delivery, so. That category would dive more into specific delivery providers, which actually responds to a second question around delivery we had, which was, um, do we have any insight on which delivery providers, whether they're aggregators or restaurant brands, are getting it right? I think um, that would definitely, uh, we could probably find some nuggets in, in the food and food data, but I think that would be definitely something we would have a lot more depth in, in our uh, online delivery category um, which we can provide more information on after this session
1: hmm. I think there's a there's a couple more Venia that I'll take I think the, the first yeah. one was a question around um Germany's positive feeling and why Germany as a country is is feeling more positive despite a jump in the fear index I, I think that you know something that that we do quite a lot of is, is a lot of research around what's going on and what we see in Germany is uh, compared to the rest of Europe is, is a very well managed um, government plan and reaction to COVID-19 um, where people are very well informed uh, where the health system is able to manage um, the outbreak and the amount of, um, amounts of people that are seen with disease and they, they have more cases but are testing more but they have less deaths and that's something that that we are linking to that more positive feeling where they feel that the pandemic is actually under control and not running away. So, so as a country, Germany is, is feeling very different because how they're behaving is, is, is quite different. Um, I think the second one, Venetia, you might need to help me with, which is, you know, how does what we're seeing in the purchase index compare to normal circumstances?
0: I think that's a, that's a good question. Um, was this was it specific to the food purchase index or just generally?
1: I think it was. I think it was just generally. So how is yeah. how is this how is the behaviour seeing out compared to a normal time?
0: I think that's um, so. What we when we look at the um, purchase index. The question we're asking it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I just go back to it, is wh- how, what people are purchasing more uh, and what people are um, purchasing less? Um, so I think what we're seeing is that there are certain items. Um, that people are you know we talked about China initially and also with the UK Um, so I think the sorry I've just seen um, so I think what what we're kind of seeing here is that people at different stages are sort of stocking up on different items Uh, um, but what we what we see in the longer run is that certain items like personal hygiene and cleaning products are remaining high on people's lists as, as preventative measures. So I think this is quite interesting to see that um, when, we, when we consider how, what behavior has changed, you know, personal hygiene products, cleaning products, long lasting groceries may not have previously been bulk, bulk bought bought um, and yet they are now. And, and similarly, what we're seeing is in the tre- what trends will continue. And I think there may be a shift from longer lasting groceries as people may move back more to fresh. Um, Where they're sort of, you know, what we've seen, what we saw in China is that, um, you know, as a a more holistic view to their well-being. So it's not just about sort of the immediate sort of panic buying anymore. It's like they're taking a more holistic view. and, And part of that holistic view is to be more cautious of their personal hygiene, is to keep their homes clean. But it's also to take better care of themselves. So I would, I would uh, sort of imagine those categories, at least in China, are continuing to stay high, as well as sort of something like medical supplies. But it'll be interesting to see how this continues uh, in other markets. Um, and specifically to food, if that was the question as well, um, what we initially saw at the start was not this picture. What we actually initially saw at the start was um, that some of these fresh items were actually going down, particularly meat. So fresh meat, um, dairy, eggs, I believe as well, actually dipped initially um, and and people were buying more of the rice, the pasta, the, the canned goods. Um, and now as sort of, I'm not saying life is returning back to normal, but as the shelves are a bit more stocked, uh, as there are more restrictions and, you know, the supermarkets the government is now putting in place measures to actually try and prevent some of this stockpiling we are seeing people returning to other products as well like fresh produce again and this is a similar picture we saw in China too I think we're um, out of time I'm afraid Um, I guess um, you know I just want to say again you know please stay safe um, stay healthy and um, stay at home thank you very